Okay, so I just woke up. And I don't know, but it's like... I just had this vision. And this vision... I was left for dead again. All I know is one second it feels like like I'm I'm making food, I'm warming up food and like I'm eating out of the refrigerator and I'm warming up some weird stuff like it's grapes, it's apples and Stuff like that, like you don't even have to put in the microwave. And then, like, I was just about to toss everything in the microwave, but I wound up taking the grapes and the apples out right before the nigga time. And that's when my brother came in the room. Supposed to be warming up some food for my mother, too. I'm thinking everything okay, and like everything's all good, like we're friendly and everything. I'm feeling like I'm doing a you know a good thing. And next thing I know, I start listening more clearly. And I hear, like, them really just dogging me, like, really just talking crazy to me and laughing about it. And I thought to myself, you know, maybe, maybe they were just joking, like, maybe... I mean, they were joking, but they weren't just joking. That's how they feel. And the 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 energy around this whole vision was like, you know, oh, you're not even, you know, nobody's even worried about you. Like, no one cares, like, at this point, like. You're nobody for so long. Like it was such an adamant hate for me for so long. It was such a, you know, such a hate where it's like you're deliberately and intentionally directing hate at me because you feel threatened by me. Now I say, say you're not even threatened. Like you feel like you're pretty much accomplished. Like you're pretty much, you know, oh, she's almost dead. Forget her. And. Like, I can't, I can't even, I can't even explain how, you know, this kind of just, like, the icing on the cake. Like, it's not even, I don't even, like, I feel a way, but I don't feel, like, excuse me, as hurt or betrayed as I would initially have first felt. At this point, I'm really almost just feeling like, you know, thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, God. Because everything you said was going to happen is happening. Everything you said was going to happen is happening. Now, at this point, the only thing I can ask from God is for them to leave me for dead for good at this point. Because at first it was such an adamant hate. They pursued me. I wondered if they would ever stop pursuing me and trying to kill me. So now, since they feel like they're done with me, oh, we washing our hands with her. She's good. Like, she's dead. She's done. Let's move on with our lives. We we finished her. 
that's all I could ask for. All I could ask for is for them to really feel like I'm done for good and I'm finished. Like, they buried me alive. So now, I can move on, you know, especially with them knowing or them feeling like I'm done. They won't pursue me anymore. I don't have any more responsibility to them. They don't have any more responsibility to me. I move forward. They don't look for me. And now I get to be successful, guilt-free. And later on, you know, because they're so confident that they finish me, I hope they never look. Later on, when I'm happy and I'm successful and everything works out for me, despite everything that they try to do, you know, I pray. And I hope and I pray that, you know, well, I don't have to hope. I'm going to hope and I'm going to pray, but I I know what's going to happen. I don't even want to talk about that anymore. I just hope it lasts. That's what it is. I hope and I pray it lasts. Don't come looking for me ever. Don't look for me. It don't feel like you will, but please, that's all I, like, at this point, I can only thank God for that, that you've never come back. I can only thank God that you forget about me for good. I can only thank God that you are confident in the fact that you have finished me. Please don't come looking for me again. And then moving forward in the future, when everything works out for me, hopefully, you know, I won't have, there won't even be a slither left in my mind that ever tells me that you ever would have done anything to help me or ever cared. I need this. I need for you to be exactly who you are. I'm thankful that God has revealed to me exactly who you are because I don't need you pretending in my face as if you are for me anymore and behind my back leaving me for dead again. I don't need that. So I'm so thankful. I feel like this is what I've been praying and begging for for a whole year, God. You know... I'm trying so hard to save them. But honestly, I hate that, you know, it's even gotten to this point. But let them, you know, let them give up on me. No, no, actually, I never pray for them to let them give up on me. And I'm so glad that I didn't because that is fake. But it gets to the point where stuff gets so hard that you're just like, you know, they may never see who I am to them. They may never actually appreciate who I am to them. So release me, Lord. Free me of this situation. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's freeing me of a life of bondage. It's bondage because they're playing with your mind. They're playing with your emotions. They're playing with your heart. They're making you feel like you're crazy. No, every time you turn your back, we're stabbing you in it. Everything that you do, we hate. Everything about you, we hate. We want you to die. But when you ask us or when... Your face is, when we're face to face, we're going to smile in your face and just be like, you know, hey, how are you? 
And I just don't understand. I don't understand it. Like, you know, I wonder, I really wonder for so long, like, what is it about me? Like, I must have something written on my forehead. Like, it's this is this is unreal. This is unreal. Because it's not even like, I don't even care. I don't really care who it is or what they've done. It's like weird. It's a weird feeling. It's so strange because it's unreal. It doesn't feel like this is real. I don't feel like anybody in the world could have done anything to deserve this kind of, you know, treatment. And that's what makes it so weird and odd and crazy. And that's exactly why I should be happy. That's exactly why I should be my most my my most excited. That's exactly why I should feel like that's why like God is God is not like us. He is not like us. His ways are not our ways. So every single time I'm going through all these weird things, the Bible says, "Thinking not strange." Thinking not strange. You know, it's so strange, but thinking not strange. Because they watch you. They worry so much about you. As far as, you know, what is she doing right now? And how can I how can I stop it? How can I do something to affect her negatively? And how can I, you know, like like you want so bad to ruin anything that I would otherwise start. And you're so confident in the fact that you have done that by the time you're done with me. You have finished me off and left me for dead. And that is your exact intent. Your mind isn't changing. And it makes no, it makes no sense how one person could conjure this much, uh, conjure up this much hate. But in reality, it's the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Because you're so fake. You're so unreal. That. The worst thing that really could have happened to me is for me never to have realized that about you and to have really been attached to you for the rest of my life. This is freedom. God is freeing me from you. He's doing me the greatest favor he could have ever done. I would have wondered if God hated me if I was on my deathbed and that's when I realized that you were as fake as you were the whole time. That's what really would have been, you know, that's what really would have been a curse. That's the real curse. So this is a blessing. This is a big blessing. Thank you, Lord Jesus, because, you know, I feel it. I feel the release. I feel the freedom. You know, I don't want to encourage them to come back, but it's okay because this is final. This is God. Like, they can't, you know, they're who they are. They chose their side. You know, that's what that is. But... One thing this whole situation has taught me is I can stand, I can make it through anything. And, you know, they can and will do anything to stop and and forget and completely destroy me. Like, they won't miss me when I'm gone. And so, I don't have the entire time I could have just left them. I could have just abandoned them. I could have not even fought for them. I could have not even tried. And so, honestly, you know, what they've been laughing about the whole time, that makes this a waste of time. But at the same time, it doesn't. 
because it proves my character. It proves what I deserve. It proves who they are. I don't never have to question that again. So that day that God said, just go. I had one request that I know what I'm running for, what I'm running from and why. And now my prayers have been answered. This is what you're running from. This is why. So now that this request has been fulfilled, too bad it took all this pain in this this time. You know, I don't have to question it. I don't have to wonder. And I can leave scot-free. I don't have to worry about nothing. I don't have to worry about them following me and trying to ensure that, you know, I lose. I don't have to worry about them being remaining attached to me. Because remember, you left me. You said I was dead. You said I was good. Don't look for me then. You won't look for me, right? Because I'm dead. Nobody looks for a dead person. Right? I'm dead to you. And just forget. Forget now. You good. Remember, you washed your hands with me when you walked away. Let that be that. Don't double back. Because at this point, that's the greatest gift you could ever give me. I feel like it's Christmas. It is Christmas. I was wondering, like, God, what is my Christmas gift? I think this may be it. But let me talk about what happened. I'm standing on a beach now. And as I look on the beach, I see this woman from my Instagram. I would see her time and time again on my Instagram. And I always thought it was kind of weird because... Over the years, you feel like you you start to you start to pick up on Instagram's algorithm. A lot of times, they will show you pictures of people who stay on your page a lot. Especially when that person pops up immediately as soon as you on your as soon as you get on Instagram, you on Instagram all the time. So, as soon as you get on Instagram, that person picture pop up immediately. First picture that always pop up every time, and everybody's posting all the time. Instagram trying to tell you something. This person stays on your page all the time. Maybe y'all can be friends. But they never say nothing to you and they never like no pictures. So I started liking her pictures. Like, I don't know. Maybe Instagram trying to say something. Maybe God. And God would always say, she hates you. Like, she has some weird obsession with you. Where, like, she's like witchcraft. That's what it is. It's witchcraft. I'm like, so she's actually sitting around doing witchcraft on me? And God is like, you know, I told you to stay off Instagram. Like, it's the pictures that you post. And I'm just like, I don't post anything. Like, when I post pictures, it's just a regular T-shirt, sweatshirt, smile type picture. It's nothing major. I'm not posting pictures taking million-dollar trips on million-dollar boats with millions of dollars in my hand. I'm posting regular pictures just like everybody else. Why do people randomly pick me? And he's like, look at her. And I looked at her. I'm like, she is very, very ugly. Very ugly. No offense, because God loves all his people. He thinks we're all beautiful. But he said, that's why. You know, he's not shady. God is not shady. I don't want anybody to think, you know, God don't like me because I'm ugly. You know, God don't like you if you're ugly in your heart. 
They ain't got nothing to do with your older parents. So I started praying for her. Yes, I started praying for her. I started praying against witchcraft. I started praying against any of those feelings, those weird feelings, the feelings that I would get. You know, that every single time I'm on Instagram, you know, I have people who are obsessing over my Instagram pictures, obsessing over my Instagram page, and putting witchcraft on me. I've had many, this happened in a few different situations. A man put witchcraft on my page, on my pictures, and I never talked to him in my life. Don't know how he even showed up. But all I know is I would go to sleep and I would hear his name just repeated in my mind over and over and over and over and over again for days. He was doing some real strong witchcraft on me to ha- for that to have happened because I'm pretty sure he was stationed in Africa. But it never worked. God kept me. He protected me. But he had he sh- let me see that my his why why is his name being repeated in your mind? Think about that. Then I get on Instagram. He his page pops up. The next thing I know, you know, after I just I don't care whatever. After a while, you know. I mean, maybe it has a nice ring to it. <laughs> what? Like, what? Out of all the names. And then after a while, you know, he starts obsessing over my pictures, sending me multiple um, DMs and my messages talking about, hey, I'm talking to you. What are you doing? Why aren't you talking back? Here's my number. And he's, it was weird. His messages were so confident. He was so confident in the fact that I would be talking to him or calling him back. Like, he would send me a message like, so, yeah, you know, like, I'll be waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on you to, you know, I know you'll be you'll be hitting me up soon. And I'm like, that's so weird how he feels like we know each other. I don't know you. From a can of paint. And... Now I'm realizing, you know, that's because he had put witchcraft on me. He was so confident in the fact that I'd be showing up at his and his DMs or something because he had been putting witchcraft on me for months. He's like, where are you? Then he started getting bold and commenting on my pictures in public. Hey, why won't you respond? Angry. I'm like, God is a good God because everything you did to me backfired on you. You tried to put a love spell on me and now you're so in love. You know, I never blocked him off my page. God said not to. So I just didn't say anything to him. And I don't know if it ever died down. I don't know. I just know I feel so protected by God right now. I don't worry about that. But this woman, God always showed me her. Always, always, always showed me her at the top of my Instagram page every time I got on Instagram. And I said, I don't know who this is. I try to think, how do I know her? Do I know, do she know somebody that know me? How would I ever know this woman? And I seen, you know, through the grapevine, like, I checked her followers who follow her. You know, you can do a little investigating on Instagram. It looked like my ex-mother may have known somebody who knew her. But it still didn't look, I don't know who she knows. You know? So I said to myself, maybe it's something like that. 
And, like, maybe she just, like, got little information about me, heard little stuff about me, and just, like, found me on Instagram. But that wouldn't make sense because my name on Instagram is not my name in real life. And not only that, I wasn't following his mother on Instagram. He, I don't know if he was. He was, but I wasn't following his mother on Instagram. And she couldn't, there's no way she knew how to spell my name. So I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I really don't. But um, she would always post quotes about, you know, how she felt like she's, I'm, I'm reappreciating myself and, you know, I'm, I'm learning to love myself and what I have to offer. I have this and I have that. And I'm just like, you know, good for you. I'm praying that, you know, everything work out for you. I really pray that you get to the place you need to be at. Because it gets to the point I'm asking God about her. Because, like, she, like I said, she's, it's eerie. It's eerie how it feels like she's in, you know, why she, why does it feel like she's attached to me? I don't know her from a can of paint. And God is telling me she's on my page all the time. You know, I didn't know what that meant. But I just start trying to like like her pictures and stuff. And then I'll start liking her quotes and, you know, about appreciating herself and everything. And I was just doing that to see, like, will she speak up? Will she say, like, you know, is she, is she just does she just want a friend? Does she like my quotes or something and want a friend? Maybe she feels like, oh, we could be good friends. She never, ever, ever responded. Ever. And I'm like, that's weird because I know you be on my page a lot. But in this vision, I'm at the beach and she stands, she's sitting, she's standing on the beach and she's looking off into a beautiful sunset. And she's, and she's, and she's saying, you know, well, she didn't say a word, but it looks so beautiful. The sunset looks so beautiful and she's just standing there. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, hmm. Maybe, maybe she's finally at peace with God. Maybe that's what this what this vision means. This sunset is beautiful. Then I see my aunt, and my aunt is standing on a, a, a sunset beach, and I'm sitting at the edge, right at the water. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'm enjoying this beach or something too. Maybe I'm, you know. And next thing I know. You know, I just start slipping into the water and I fall and I drown. Well, I don't drown, but I slip into the water and it looks like somebody, it looks like she's standing over me and stepping on my hand as I'm falling, you know, into this like pit. This water, like, I don't know. It's like, it's so dark. And then next thing I know, I wake up upside down in a pit where I, where it feels like I'm so stuck I can't get out, but I know I can't. I know I can get out. I feel that I can get out. But they feel like there's no way she can get out. Or at least they're hoping that I think that. And so I start to get my way out. And I realize, like, they're still standing around. Not necessarily to make sure I'm okay. And not necessarily, you know, because they feel like they haven't finished me. They're just kind of lingering around. And it feels like God is almost saying, like, let them, let them think you're dead. Let them think you're dead. 
even though you can handle this. But you don't want them you don't want them to see you get up, so they'll they'll just follow you. So if you want them to leave you alone, just let them think you're dead. And I'm like, it's it's something about that that really doesn't sit right with me because I feel like my God is a big God. He's a great God. I can walk I can get up and walk away right in front of you. It's still not gonna be nothing you can do about it. But I, I started, you know, like fidgeting and finagling my way out and kind of like squirming my way out of this hole. I'm up, I'm in upside down, like bury alive. And I noticed I'm in a pocket of water, but where I'm at is air. I can breathe. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to run out of air soon. I have to hurry up. And so I started trying to preserve air and I realized my air is going nowhere. But even though there's water surrounding me. God loves me no matter how many people who hates me. And I didn't realize all these people hated me. I didn't realize all these people had such a problem with me. But it's jealousy. There's no other way to explain it. You'd be surprised when people have what people are jealous of. Self-appreciation. Or, you know, sometimes people feel like it's the things that you have that have afforded you different attitudes or, you know, privileges in life. I wouldn't be surprised because one day, I don't know what happened, but it must have been some strong witchcraft on me that somebody wanted to see what it looked like through my eyes for a day. (coughs) Excuse me. I went to the store just like regular. You know, people, when I have got, like, just period, I go out and I, you know, I don't even try. And, well, I don't have to try. I do try. I still try because I know what, I know the value of hard work because of how I've grown up. I still try now. I don't ever try and use my privilege to try and afford me extra things, you know, not more than the next person. Like I won't, I won't lie. I'll, I'll take, you know, something from somebody because, you know, they felt like, I just want to give you this because you're pretty. But I feel really weird about it if I know I should be working for it. So I work for it instead. And if I ever was accepting things but based off of my appearance, I'd be somewhere else right now. I promise. So, no. I know the value of hard work. You know? And a lot of people hate that I have that with me. I feel like they would feel better if they felt like, you know, nothing I got I worked hard for. Or I don't know what it's like to work hard. Or I feel like they would feel better about themselves if they felt like, you know, I would never do the work. I would always expect somebody to do it for me. They, They envy the fact that they feel like I'm a full package. And I I can't do anything about that because I've always prayed to God to be that. So you I'm not letting you stop that for me. I don't care what you're saying. He's not letting you stop that for me. So who are you praying to when you pray for someone's downfall? Satan. But anyways, in a way, now that I wait, now that I'm up from this, you know, and oh yeah, so I'm in this I'm in this pit and I'm buried alive upside down. And I start squeezing my way out, and it looks like it's a, it's weird because like my head was placed in, but can't I can't get my head back out. And then I see my brother, and it looks like he's the one who tossed me in. And then he kind of like walks off, like you know, yeah, I'm down with that. So I thought to myself for a second. I said, "Wow, did he really just bury me alive?" 
And I asked God, like, how could that be? And it almost feel like, you know, the answer is, you know, maybe he's tired of, you know, constantly rooting for you to do the right thing, like fast and stop drinking and stop smoking. And, you know, you just you just continuously, you know, make mistakes like you're supposed to be doing this, you're supposed to be doing that. And I'm like, that that can't be true because he's not he's not doing anything. I mean, I, I don't want to speak for him. I don't want to say that. I would just say that, you know, patience is so thin for me, but for other people, you know, who are not even trying at all, you know, he's not, he's not, it don't feel like he feels that way about them. Or why does it feel like, it just doesn't feel like that's the reason. You know, it just feels like he's, he's just doing it. He's doing that because he's selfish. He's not even thinking about that as much as I feel like it would matter for you to do that to somebody. <laughs> Excuse me. But anyways, so many different weird things have happened. And I feel like that lady standing on that sunset and my aunt standing on that sunset was a, I feel like that represented them trying to say, we done what we came to do. But they weren't confident in that. They were just like, you know, their their demeanor was more like, you know, I've accomplished something at least, something. And it's more than, you know, what it was. And that's good. For, that's good with me. But they weren't confident in that. They weren't confident in it at all because I think that they feel like, you know, just like how I feel. Like, in re- in realistically speaking, the truth is, you know, I don't think you accomplish really what you feel like you did. But it's not like I'm going to provoke you because one thing you did accomplish is that I don't want to keep you here. I don't want you to keep, I don't want, I don't want you to stay. I don't want you to feel like that was a challenge for you to really accomplish something stay here forever i'm really tired of you i really am so maybe you've accomplished that maybe you're right maybe you have accomplished something because you have accomplished the fact that i really wish you go i'm tired of praying you away my prayers you know although being answered i would really love to be directing them at something else I would love to be more thankful right now. I think you're in a way of that. You shouldn't be, but I feel like you are. So, and I'm I'm trying not to be rude. But, you know, if you feel like you accomplished something, I'm not arguing with you. And all I know is, you know, they try to convince me for the last two days she's never going to stop. She's never going to stop. And when they were standing on this sunset, I I said to myself, that means they found their peace in God. They're letting it go. They're happy. They've learned something. They're actually at peace. They have a beautiful sunset with God, too. But now when I wake up, because of me feeling like 
originally when I was about to warm up the food for my mother, I felt like, you know, the reason, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, they're happy, you know, they're they're grateful for me, you know, being here and thinking about them. And really, they were laughing at me. So I'm like, so if that's what that was, then maybe this is what this is. They're not grateful and they're not happy or telling me, you know, hey, thank you for this peace. Thank you for this guidance and God. No, what they are saying is I stole your I stole your your horizon. I stole it from you and I stole your peace. I stole your happiness and, you know, left you for dead. Because that's exactly what happened right after I saw them on the sunset. I wound up falling in the pit, left for dead, upside down. Buried alive. So maybe God is saying to me, they're saying that, you know, look at me. You know, I am... I'm happy at peace on a, a beautiful horizon like you were, and now look at you. You're slipping, you're falling, and you're dying. You know, I don't know. All I know is it's a weird, it's, 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 it's really sad and it's super sickening, the weird, you know, like mindsets black people have with leaving each other for dead and and being successful. You know, that's like a weird dream. I I want to leave this person for dead and I want to be successful in their place. Why can't you both be successful? Why is that not your dream? Why can't you dream that, you know, not just you, but other black people be successful with you? Because that's the only real success. If it's just you, you know, hopefully whatever you've accomplished doesn't die with you. And the only way it won't is if you actually want other people to be successful as well. But I'm the only one who thinks of that. I doubt it. But we always talk about how we don't have anything. We don't have anything because we don't create anything for others. But, um... Maybe that's a personal opinion, but God has shown me on the outside of the life. What are you talking about? This is, look at all of these resources. You just need to go out and, and, and reach out. And you, there's so many resources for you. Some people really want to help. Nobody really wants to help. They want to look like they want to help. Nobody really wants to help. And God has shown me that. They just want to look like they're doing a good thing. They don't actually want to do a good thing. I'm seeing that, but... Like I said, at this point, the best thing that could happen to me is for them to give up on me. Give up on me. Because as as any time that you are confident in anything that you feel like I'll accomplish or whatever you feel like I'm going to do, you want to stay. You want to hang around. You want to feel like, you know, I got to stay here and make sure nothing you do ever prospers. And that's just going to teach me that I may not be ever be able to truly enjoy anything without you lingering around looking for an end or any type of way to, you know, destroy anything that I've created or built. And, you know, or God has created and built through me. But the fact of the matter is, 
you know, you're not going to be able to do that forever. I'm confident in God's power. I know that what, it's going to come a time where you don't have a power. You don't have, excuse me, you don't have power to do that. But you will still have the power to make me feel bad for you. So I do feel, you know, I feel a way about that. But, you know, I'm praying for your happiness every day. I'm praying you be brought to a better understanding. It's like you're fighting it because I'm praying for it. And that's stupid. But regardless, I wake up from this vision. I say to myself, hmm, another vision where they left me for dead. What a surprise. But at the same time, how do I feel about that? You know, how am I supposed to feel about that? And I, in a way, I feel a freedom, a sense of release. I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing because something made me feel like, you know, the very last person you have has given up on you. Are you happy? But I do feel a little happy. Like, it, you know, maybe you need to pay a little closer attention to that. That's good news. These are not the kind of people, you know, you want to keep around. Because they're not trying to save you. They're not trying to help you. They're trying to make things harder for you intentionally every day. They're trying to make you suffer. They're trying to hurt you. They don't want you to succeed. So, you know, I know I'm going to be okay. No time spent in God's word is ever returned back void. And just like, you know, he's showing me who people is right now. He's going to make me somebody. He's he's going to answer the rest of those prayers. He has a, you know, a perfect plan for this situation. And I just need to be patient. That's all. He's going to make it work out. He's going to let it work out for me. He'll never leave me for dead like these people. I'm going to be okay. And I found myself for the last three days worrying about, you know, if they're if they're ever going to be okay. Because at this point, when you know you're going to be okay, you start, like, the more that, you know, you start to realize that they really don't want you to be okay. Like, when you feel like it's getting worse. Like, they don't want me to be, like, it's not getting better where they're, like, starting to warm up and starting to feel like, okay, maybe one day I could want her to be okay, maybe. Like, no, they would never want you to be okay. They have adamant hate for you. And they will be so happy if you really just die. And you start to get really worried. Like, you know, I know you feel that way. But God has shown me at this point the kind of attitude that only is, you know, reflective of your own self. Like, you are projecting and... It scares me because it's like, you don't ever want me to be okay, but that just only tells me that you are not, you feel like you're never going to be okay. And are you ever going to be okay? So now I'm worrying that you might never be okay because you don't ever want me to be okay. It might seem like it's stupid. It might seem like it's, you know, means nothing. It might seem like, you know, Who cares what you're talking about? Nobody's even listening. But, you know, 
man, my God is great. My God is amazing. He's wonderful. He's awesome. He is present. He is here. He is almighty. He is powerful and he is showing me things. He's this means something. This means something. They don't want me to win. They want me to lose. And they're confident that, you know, they have, you know, ensured that is, you know, they confident that they actually have a say in that. But, you know, I at this point, maybe God is telling me, let them be confident in feeling like they have a say in that. Because they don't. And you know who does. And just pray to him. Just keep praying to God and, and let it let it be. Because... You know, some people, they're going to, you know, hate you forever. But that's only reflective of them hating themselves forever. And that's what I pray for now. I pray that they don't hate themselves forever. Hate me forever. No, don't hate me forever because, you know, that's taking, it hurts you more than it hurts me. And I pray that you are okay one day, really. I know what hate feels like. It don't feel good. I couldn't do it for long because it drains you literally. So if you're living off hate and you don't have anything else to live on, you know, I can't imagine how miserable that life must feel like or be. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I I want you to be okay. You know... It's sad, but now I want to address a few other things. Um, Yesterday, I didn't get to finish. I didn't even get to put this in there. I don't know. Maybe it's a point to it, but, you know, I notice I'm, when I'm looking at sermons and watching sermons and stuff, you know, I'll, a couple of people, men of God, have said, don't ever think you're too cute for the Lord. Don't ever think you're too good looking for the Lord. And I'm always caught off guard with that, like. What does that mean? I don't feel like I am. Maybe I do. Maybe it's a, you know, subconscious thing. Maybe it's something that I don't even notice that about me that's true. Because too many people have said that to this point. That, you know, I can't, like, I can't ignore it. Like, God is talking to me. So, that that has been a big part of my journey. Dying to the flesh and appearance. Feeling like I'm, you know, I have to completely get rid of everything. I have to completely ignore and forget about my features in order to truly grow in Christ. And I'm feeling like, you know, maybe that's the reason why a lot of stuff is happening because of how I look outwardly. Because I didn't go the route of choosing to, you know, be vain prideful and arrogant and only care about my features now I have to go the entire other route which is God's way which is dying to the flesh and completely forgetting about it now I didn't choose to only care about it but not have to completely forget about it and to a certain extent because yeah completely forget about it in order to glorify God because he is he is the only thing I should bring focus to in my life, we're made to worship God. We don't worship ourselves. And that is a form of idolatry, even when you idolize your own self. 
So, you know, I'm very careful with that, but I never felt like that was a big issue. And now I keep hearing pastors say it, and I'm wondering what God's trying to say. And it's almost frustrating because I'm like, God, do you really, can you really hear my heart? Or am like, it's like some sick joke being played on me. And then every once in a while, I'll get reminders that like everybody's looking at you. Don't you see everybody looking at you? And then I look around and I'm like, I don't see anybody looking at me. Every time I look, nobody's looking. Or when I look and I see somebody looking, this doesn't look like a big deal. And people almost get upset with me because they're like, I feel like you're being, you know, condescending or something. Like, I know you notice all of this attention you're getting. You're acting like you don't. I, I don't like that about you or something like that. And people really get upset thinking I'm doing that on purpose and I'm not. I think that I've gotten so used to it, the attention from having it since I was a teenager that I really don't notice it. But if you say that, you sound like how they're trying to say you're acting. So at this point, I don't know what I can do. But I know one thing for sure. How I feel is not me and it's not my fault. Like, I have things to work on. There are things I need to work on. God is revealing those things and in time, he's changing me. He's made such a big difference from this year, from last year. That's that's why I get so emotional and I think it's really been five years. But the fact of the matter is, it's not me. It's not me. He reminded me when I was worshiping. I tried to take credit and say it's my fault. He said, you think it's your fault. It's not your fault. It's not you. You did nothing wrong. They're laughing because you did nothing wrong and you're blaming yourself. And then I hear these crowds. How do I hear crowds, but I'm nobody? How do I hear crowds, but... I'm doing something wrong. I get it. A lot of people pay more attention to the wrong thing than the right. But that's not why you're here. You're not here because of how much wrong I'm doing. You want to know how I know? Because anytime I try and really do something wrong, you're gone. You want you want to be able to jet out at the first sign of any anything I ever did wrong. You don't. It's like you don't want me to have anything. That's okay, because God wants me to have it, and I will have it, and you cannot stop that. He has the final say. You know, Satan is a liar. He has no power over my life or anybody's life. God has all power, and he's on my side. And that's all I can thank God for this morning, waking me up another morning, being on my side another morning, blessing me another morning, showing me the way, paving the way for me, Making a way for me every single day and being as good and gracious as he is. I thank you, Jesus. I'm in this with prayer. Jesus, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, that you loved us so much. That you gave your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. For whosoever shall believe it, whosoever believeth in him, excuse me, Father, shall not perish but have eternal and everlasting life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being a perfect sacrifice. 
Thank you for your patience, your understanding, and your unconditional love. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for wrapping your arms around each and every single last one of us and protecting us with your precious blood. Thank you that your will be done and thank you for a victory already won in this situation. I'd like to pray for my enemies, those who believe they are my enemies. I ask, Lord Jesus, that they one day be made to see who you are and what you want for them. I ask that they are happy be made happy and at peace with their lives and their situation, Lord Jesus. I know that you can penetrate any heart, Lord Jesus. Penetrate their hearts and show them the way, Father. Help them to see what you have for them. The peace and the love that's so much more abundant and important and worth it. So much more worth anything else they can otherwise do. Help them and guide them, Lord Jesus. Thank you, amen. Okay, so I noticed something today while watching a sermon from Pastor Janelle Jennings. And one thing I definitely agree with, you know, is that he said no woman can preach. In the Bible, it says, I do not suffer women to preach. And I remember the first time I heard that and I read it in the Bible among a whole bunch of other verses, I was like, so why are there so many successful churches with women preachers or just churches with women preachers, period? And I've even, you know, sat in some sermons by women preachers and they are anointed. They are truly, you know, they truly have the spirit of God. I can hear it, everything that they say. Not everything, but things that they say. And I would say, so why does it feel like this is clearly their calling from God and they're not a preacher? Well, they're not supposed to be preaching. The Bible says they're not supposed to be preaching. So how could they, you know, be a woman of God, or even a preacher, and overlooked that, you know, scripture that says women aren't supposed to preach. But then that goes with a lot of other questions, like, why do they overlook the scripture of homosexuality? And there's always a lot of, like, gay people in the choir and in the band and in the church, period. Sometimes even the preachers are, you know, gay. And... I just wondered how God saw it and then I then I realized I truly realized in that moment like you know it's a lot less people going than think they are going or that look like going they are going and this what I'm going through right now where it really feels like you know I do have to be perfect and every little thing that I do it is affecting me and I do have to do everything he said I have to do in order to truly make it like it's like I realized like that's that's true like I kept telling or trying to really figure out you know it's all that is required would God be merciful on me would God be forgiving and lenient I won't say lenient merciful because leniency and mercy is different even though they can be in the same category but will he show mercy 
on me. You know, I don't want him to be lenient because that means that, you know, he's not who he is. He's God. You know, leniency means you don't 100% enforce everything that you're saying. He 100% enforces it while still showing mercy on us, meaning you didn't do what you were supposed to do. That's still what that is. The consequences are what they are, but I'm going to show mercy on you, meaning I'm going to not, I'm not going to allow you to have to suffer as much as you otherwise would, but the, but the consequences are still the same. Meaning with leniency, it's like, I'm going to change the price or I'm going to change, you know, the consequences. But with mercy, it's like nothing changed. The consequences and all of that is the same, but I'm going to show mercy on you and whoever else. There's a difference, but I hope I was able to explain that correctly. Regardless, I agree with him about the woman preachers, and it really makes me realize how serious he really is about everything that he told me I have to be able to do. I have to do, and I have to, you know... I have to maintain, live like, and adopt as my new life in order to truly make it into heaven. And without it, I just won't be going. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And when I realized as much as he was requiring from me, as opposed to everything I was going through and everybody who was around me, you know, making me feel as if all of these things, they're not that required or you'll still go. And it's like, no, I'm not. And you're not either. So that was confirmation for me. Like, all these people really are going to hell. And that's not for me to try. I'm not trying to brag or boast, but it just made me realize, you know, how serious it is that I don't attend hell with them, that I don't go with them. And I've heard a lot of times, like, it's not your responsibility. They're not your responsibility. And it's because you're young that you don't know that or realize that. And it's never, you know, first of all, one thing God has always has taught me in this time that I've, you know, gotten to know him is that we are supposed to be taking responsibility for each other. To say that somebody isn't your responsibility, you know, that's more like forgive to be forgiven. If you're not forgiving, then God's not going to forgive you. And if they're not your responsibility, then you're not his. But at the same time, I don't want to say that that's always true. But I'm, but he teaches to take responsibility for your brother or sister. Because the fact of the matter is God can't deny himself. So you're always going to be his responsibility. That's who he is. He can't deny himself. But if they're not your responsibility, then, you know, that's hard-hearted. And you're, you're not going to make it into heaven like that. Because you're selfish. Selfish people are not going. But there's a lot of people telling themselves, I'm going to heaven. I know I'm going to heaven from everything I do. Or they disregarded even caring about heaven. And they just, you know, still use Jesus' name. And I I always say, like I've been saying this whole time, I don't want to be them. Like for when it first started off, it was like I knew I was going to hell. So the only thing I was really looking to get out of it was the truth, at least in my lifetime while I'm here. At least I'll have known the truth or at least I'll have, you know, because my heart, my soul thirst and hunger for the truth. So I knew I was going to hell anyway. So I'm like, at least while I'm here, I'll get the truth, though. That's worth it. That's worth having. 
I was at least smart enough to know that. And then that and then God decided to show mercy on me and decided to give me an opportunity to come out of hell, to not go. I was going. I might still be going. But I have an opportunity to not go, which means each and every single last thing that he said is required of me is required of me. But Satan just keeps trying to push this narrative that, you know, he just said that to scare you. That's not true. You're going to make it into heaven just because you're choosing him. And that's just not true. I was going through my Bible and I, um, I found, I said, I went through all of these different like references and one of them was lip service i was like what do i really want to read about and my heart just gravitated towards lip service and my mindset was you know all the people who are talking and lying and saying all this other stuff that you know all the people who are just saying things just to say them and just we're just talking about me and they know, you know, lying on me. And they know, you know, who God is. But when I looked it up, it was Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So that sums it up. And I feel like God wanted me to see that. He wanted me to see that, you know, when I'm slacking off, it's everything I think it is. He didn't open my eyes for me to deny what I see. It's like either I want the truth or not. And one thing he's opened my eyes to show me is that, you know, the reason why I when I was in another verse that the that um the pastor referred to today was about ignorance. When you were ignorant and unknowing, you weren't held responsible, but once you know, you're responsible. And It's just, it shook me because all these different people around me is different levels to these different people and they're all doing different things. Not everybody is following every commandment and not everyone is doing everything that the Bible says perfectly and I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. Sometimes it does feel like it's unfair standards, but I can't say that because God is fair and I wouldn't know what fair is. And a lot of times when I feel like what's fair, what would be fair, you know, I don't end up coming out winning. So it's it's different. And it's like, I realize like, if I don't do this, you know, it is all for nothing. Like, that's the one thing that has been on my heart. Like, can this all be for nothing? Me doing all of this, me going this far, all for nothing. Even despite the fact that, you know, I had people in my way and I had people who, you know, who were stopping me and in reality, I don't feel like it should have been like that. I feel like the work was already hard enough without these roadblocks. And then I have all these extra people who don't want to see me have this. And I just didn't feel like it was fair. But God clearly still has me, you know, he placed me in this situation. And he placed me around this. He placed me in this fight. So clearly he feels like it's necessary if this is what's happening but at the same time, I feel like he don't feel like it's supposed to happen. So maybe I'm supposed to figure out what I'm supposed to do in order to prevent it. And I've tried to do that. I've tried fighting it. I've tried avoiding it. I've tried, 
you know, choosing him no matter what and just doing whatever I can when I can do it. But none of that is good enough. I have to do what he required me to do. And I'm pretty sure I would have been, it would have been done if not for these individuals who are working for the kingdom of Satan and deliberately trying to stop me from accomplishing what I'm trying to accomplish. So many different times you'll hear people say, though, so leave them. Leave them. Like, don't risk your spot in heaven for them. Let them go. Like, you have to let these people go. I heard it all year. But why would God make this part of my journey if they weren't supposed to be here? Because the fact of the matter is, yes, I could have left them, and I don't know what would have happened if I did. Maybe I would have accomplished what I was supposed to accomplish by now. Maybe nothing would have been different. That was also, you know, discussed. But... A big part of my journey, God coming down and choosing me as a vessel, was being there for for one of the for some for these people. And God has even told me, you know, certain individuals like when I when I go online and I'm looking for sermons that are you know helpful and educational and helping me you know better understand the Bible and stuff like that. Different people I want God to show me. He's always pointing out to me how I make the difference because I'm willing to suffer for these individuals and be responsible for my brothers and sisters and 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 stay behind and help. That's what he's chosen me for. So if God is telling me that's what he chose me for, then that means obviously these people are in the way for a reason. They just can't see the opportunity they're missing out on. Meanwhile, they're trying to make me feel like I'm missing out on the opportunity of not having to deal with them at all. If I had gone, if I had left, if I had abandoned them by now. And they don't even make it seem like, you know, you know, this is what you, sh- you know, th- yeah, it's like, this is what you should have done. But they're really like, they don't care what well, they do. They do care. And I know that, but they make it seem as if, you know, it don't matter to me. You don't want to suffer. And I love to make you suffer. But for them, you know, for me, it's like, I can't even make it about the way you feel about it. Because if I made it about the way you feel about it, I wouldn't even be where I'm at now. Because the way you feel about it, you know, you don't feel about it. You don't feel the way about it. God already showed me that Satan has placed a demon in your body. I see where you're really at. I know where your soul is. You're like underneath a bunch of bodies being tortured in hell. That's where your soul at. And you think that's you. And they be so confident, like, this is me. What do you mean? I have everything. And you don't understand, like, Satan has placed a demon in your body. It's the worst part of you, the worst parts of you. You're not in control of the things that you're doing. I'm not exempt. God has shown me multiple times. I don't have my body. I don't have it, but I'm fighting for it back. I'm fighting my way out of hell. Now... It never looked this bad before in my life, but that's because I couldn't see it. Now that I made it see, it's a blessing because I can see it now, which means I have been here 
for a very long time. You know, partially because of generational curses and other people, but mainly my own, you know, doing. (laughs) Excuse me. It wouldn't matter what is the reason because God is requiring me to take responsibility for not only myself, but for others. So who cares whose fault it is? It just need to be done. And if you're dedicated enough and you truly don't want to go to hell and you truly do want to meet God, it won't matter who did it. It won't matter. You just focus on the fact that you're given the opportunity to come out of it. It's like who spilled the milk. It doesn't matter. The milk is spilled now. So I realized that and it scares me because, you know, as many people as God showed me is really not going. And I just, you know, I see them living a life dedicated to him. I see them fighting hard for him. I see them or this is what it looks like. Really, it feels like they're really a shoe in or if they're not a shoe in, they're definitely going to heaven and they're going to hell. And then you realize what's really required of you and a lifestyle you really have to be living. And you realize, nope, you know, you, you, you rarely ever see anybody really living that lifestyle. Not that that's going to keep me from it. But that's just that's just scary because the very few people that you see actually dedicated and living their lives like that are the very few people who may have a chance at going. Everybody else, which is probably like 90% of the population, is going to hell. Going to hell. And I'm given an option every single day to abandon them, go my own way, and, you know, live... You know, like I'm supposed to live with God and fight hard towards it and hope that I get the opportunity or hope that one day when I'm judged on judgment day, I make it. Or I can fight this mission. And that's a guaranteed way in. And it's not that I'm trying to take the easy way out and it's not that I'm using that, you know, like, OK, I need this guaranteed way in. Because like I said, it's pro- like they said, it's probably easier for me to just go be selfish, right? Because they don't plan on ever stopping. They said, we're never going to stop. Like, this is too fun. We're enjoying this too much. God has different plans. And he's placed me on this assignment. Not because he felt like I failed. Because he doesn't fail. So why would he ever choose someone who would? But because he felt like, because he knows I can do this. Which is why he sent me. And I never saw myself as somebody worthy of a mission like this. Even when he first told me, I was like, me? Really? And I never doubted for one second that this the mission was still going to be accomplished. Even while doubting, I would be the one to, you know, that I was the right choice. Because I doubted my power, but I never doubted his. And the fact of the matter is... Look at all the many different people that God has chosen. Was it ever about what they can do? When David slew slew Goliath, that never was supposed to be how that fight went without God. 
when Moses freed the Israelites, well, when God sent Moses to free the Israelites, that never was supposed to go that way with Pharaoh being, being the most powerful person in the world at that time. All these different things happen because of God's power, not because of mine. But I still don't like using that as a crutch. I don't want to ever try and use it as a crutch because Satan will try and get you like that. It's like, okay, so you understand it's God's power and that no matter what, God's going to make it. So maybe I can use that to make you feel like it doesn't matter what I do. I can do whatever I want. No, you still have to show up how you've shown up in order for him to choose you. And then he tries to get you with that like, yeah, he chose you in this position. But that doesn't mean he's not calling you to a higher one. You always have to have your ear out. You always have to be willing and ready to do what it is he's calling you to do. You have to believe that you can do it. You have to believe that God can do this through you. And so maybe it doesn't mean just because he called you at a certain position doesn't mean that's where he, he planned on you staying. That just means that he saw you as worthy. He saw your future and he saw who he knows you can be wherever you were at the time. You still have to become that person for him. But he believes and knows that you can do it, which is why he chose you. So. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard because if I had chosen to stay where I was going, where I was at, you know, I would have been denying a big part of myself. And that would have been a wrong decision to make. But it definitely would have been easier. It definitely would have been easier. It would have been, you know, you know. I would have been relaxed without responsibility and people would have left me alone. Satan would have left me alone. Yeah, Satan even. But because I chose God and it's the right decision to make, I will never be left alone again. Ever. It's always going to be this hard. Well, it's not always going to be this hard, but it's always going to be a fight. I don't know. I don't want to say what it's always going to be. I just know that I don't get to relax how I was relaxing before because I never really was relaxed. I was just blind and I was deaf and I didn't realize everything I really was fighting. And even when I did realize it, you know, I didn't have enough anything to realize. I didn't have enough anything to know that I was capable of coming out of that or where I was even at to come out of it. Like God has blessed me with sober-mindedness in order to be able to show me where I'm at and where I need to be and how to get there. That's a blessing. Now, it don't look like one to a lot of people. It don't even feel like one to me a lot of times and a lot of people. But it is one. I know that. And I take that back, it don't feel like one to me. It feels like one to me. I know it is. But it's frustrating every single day that I'm fighting for God. And 
you know, they're fighting me so hard on everything. And I have to be perfect in order to avoid a lot of this stuff happening. And even still, I can't avoid these things. And I just feel like it's unfair. And God always say, yes, it's unfair for them. But I feel like it's unfair for me. Why do I feel like it's unfair for me? But there's a reason for everything that God does. But as I watch the sermon today, you know, it's complicated how it feels like everybody can read my mind, but there's still only certain parts of it that they actually hear. It's not that complicated when you know that Satan is only allowing certain things to be accessed to certain people because he doesn't want to wake them up. And that's what the fight is about. The fight is about getting him out of the way. And once he's out of my way, and he's out of everybody else's way, then they hear everything God has to say. Because he is here, and he is talking to me. But Satan's always going to lie. He's always going to twist, and he's always going to pervert the word and ways of the Lord to make it seem as if God's not talking to her. And if he is, he said that. So... That's the complicated part about it, and it's really frustrating. But more than anything, I just not I need not to lose sight of who God is because I talked about in a in the previous episode that it felt like God was finally freeing me of them. But the whole time I knew it in my heart that it doesn't matter if they abandon me or if they feel like I'm not worth it. As long as I'm fighting. Satan is never going to let them not fight me. He's controlling them. So it doesn't matter where I go or what I do. As long as I'm fighting for God, they're going to fight me. I can't run from this. This is in the spirit. First of all, they're not even, a lot of them is not nowhere around me. And I'm still fighting them every day. So, it just frustrates me. It frustrates me because if I feel like God is finally telling me or letting them give up on me, that means I'm giving up on myself because... I can't move forward and feel like I'm ever going to accomplish what he set out for me to do without them being in the way. That's just a roadblock I have to conquer. That's just something I have to do that's not going anywhere. You know, as long as they're alive and even if they're dead, I'm still going to have to conquer and I'm still going to have to overcome a lot of the things that they're doing. So the only option at this point is through. And so a lot is required of me. And so I'm still fighting for that. And I don't ever want to lose my fight. And if I ever do, then it wouldn't matter if they were fighting me or not. Because they're fighting about that. And that's a constant reminder every single day. If I'm not fighting for that, they're not fighting me. They don't want that. They don't want God. So, I do. (laughs) And... It seems unfair, so unfair. 
that because they don't want God, my I'm I'm giving I'm made it's it's such a hard it's such it's I'm giving such a I'm having such a hard time because they don't want God. That shit like it doesn't it's not fair. But at the same time, God is telling me, yeah, it's not fair. Because they all don't want, you know, me. But because of my power, it doesn't matter. That's which way they're going as long as you're fighting. They don't have a choice in that matter. And you're going to win as long as you tell as long as you do what I'm telling you to do. As long as you are obedient to me, you're going to win. So it doesn't matter how many people or how bad they want it. They're not getting that. But that is fair to me. That's fair to God. That's fair, period. But it's just not fair to them. But they don't know that's what they want. They're blinded by Satan's temptation his lies. That's really what they need. That's really what they want, really. I can't, I wouldn't, I can never understand anybody not wanting good things. Not wanting the best for themselves. They think that they don't want that. Or they think that they don't want me to have it. They don't understand it's not them at all. But I've seen on multiple occasions, you know, God show me. Even though they go back to not seeing it and being, you know, blind and deaf again or ignorant or used where they have no clue what's going on. But God has shown me on multiple occasions that that's not them. It's not them. And when he removes Satan from them, they want nothing more than what God wants. Despite how they feel. Despite what they think. Well, I can't say they want nothing more than what God wants. I can say that their true selves is not who they think they are. Like, when God removed Satan from me. In a vision with God. When I, when I saw him at trial. When God removed Satan from me in the vision that I saw, my demeanor was very humble. Very humble. And when I wasn't humble, he humbled me. So we're not who we think we are. A lot of times Satan is using us a lot of the time, but that doesn't mean it's all the time. A lot of us like to believe that we are more responsible than we really are even when it come to bad like that's cool or something but I even understand that a lot of the times I'm doing bad it's not me even though even as well as I understand a lot of times I'm doing bad it is me and then I also understand that a lot of the times I'm doing good it's not me as well as I understand that a lot of times I'm doing good it is me it's a battle all the time it's a constant fight. But regardless of anything, God would not bring me all the way all the way this way, all the way this far to leave me. And I wouldn't have this many things in my way to stop me if I weren't worth being stopped. If they were really going to win, they'd take a day off. 
I don't see that happening unless I take one. So, no days off. But that's okay. The spirit is willing when the flesh is weak. Meaning, a lot of times I want to take, you know, I think I want to take a day off and I never do. Because I want this in my spirit and in my soul more than I want anything else in life. More than I'll ever want anything else in life. And it's a lot of debate about whether that's true due to, you know, how many times, due to the fact I'm still not being as obedient as possible or being perfect or doing everything I'm supposed to do when I'm supposed to do it. But that's the battle. If I were that perfect, would I even be here? That's okay. He still chose me anyways. He chose me knowing everything that was going to happen. That's not an excuse to continue to slack off. But it's an understanding that that doesn't make me unworthy. But that being said, you know, I realize they're more afraid of me than I am of them. Despite the show that they put on and how they try and make things look. They want me to believe they're bigger than they are, that they have more power than they have, and that they are more dangerous than they really are. But God has shown me that they're, they tremble in his presence. They tremble in his presence, and because he is backing me, they are afraid of me. They're afraid of him. I don't want to give myself the credit. But yeah. It's sad. But one thing he also has shown me is that a lot of times when I'm feeding into the negative emotions or whatever they're saying and how they're trying to make me feel, all the things that they're doing, all of this is smoke and mirrors. Like they, they they send loud music like you just heard a car just all of a sudden comes around when playing loud ghetto music when I'm on my podcast and you can hear them kinda laughing in the background, kinda happy that it's ruining my podcast. And that only happens every single time I get in the spirit of God when I'm talking. Then you can hear them talking, you hear them doing all these different things when I'm walking down the street and I'm trusting God, they try to make a car come out of nowhere to to try and snap me out of my snap me out of the presence of God. When I'm reading the Bible, they do everything in their power to distract me. All of this stuff is reflective of someone who is afraid of what happens. When you're in the zone with God, when you're where you're supposed to be. And that's obvious. But I'm sure, you know, they feel big and they feel like they're doing something. But I'm sticking to what God said. God said that ultimately, I win this. The way this ends is he wins. I win. I win with him. And that's not going to change. That's not changing. And he also said they have no power. None. He didn't say no real power, nothing about nothing, nothing else outside of they have no power. Just that simple. They don't have any. They don't have any power, literally none. But they want you to believe they have so much power because it's like, 
If we don't have power, then what are you fighting? But, like I said, I believe God. Anything, I understood it when he said it, and I believed him when he said it. So, there's no reason to keep questioning it now. I feel like they need that to kind of try and, like, make themselves feel like they're doing something. They need me to, you know, somehow question it or somehow, you know, doubt it in some way. And if I doubt it, then they feel like maybe I do have power. When they know that they don't. I don't understand why you would need my validation if you knew you had power. That means you don't have any. <laughs> 